This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Good morning, Christian Family Church, Johannesburg. Give the Lord Jesus a great big praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Welcome to this wonderful Sunday morning service. Today we are discussing understanding and dealing with the operation of demons. This is part three in our series. And we do something like this every month. All right, here we go. From Luke 8, verse 18, the Lord Jesus said, Therefore take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. What's this talking about? Well, in my Bible, it says in the margin, even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. In this verse, the Lord Jesus is telling us that if we hold on to all we have, all we enjoy, by faith in God, we will keep it and experience increase. However, if we are not exercising faith in God to protect our lives, to protect our loved ones, to protect our blessings and our promises and our possessions, the devil will inevitably steal all of it from us. Jesus is reminding us that our faith comes from hearing God's word and we need to meditate on the word and use the word and faith that comes from that to protect our possessions. Therefore, the Lord Jesus said in verse 18, take heed how you hear. Now, please understand this. Satan will steal from us whatever we are not using our faith to keep. Don't take good health for granted. Don't take money in the bank for granted. Don't take a good job for granted. Just because we are enjoying using all this at the moment doesn't mean we actually own it. Unless we are using our faith to keep it, what we are enjoying, our shield of faith is not up to protect us from the thief. Again, unless we are, not, unless we are using our faith to protect all we have, our shield of faith will not protect us from the thief. So, not to believe God, but to enjoy these things in life, we are vulnerable because our shield of faith is down. Okay, so that is what Jesus was talking about in Luke 8 verse 18. He says something very similar in Mark 4 verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, take heed what you hear. First one, he said, how? Now he says, what? That's a little different. So the first one is, how you listen to the word of God. The second one is, what are you listening to? With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you here, more will be given. 
For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Same thing, really, saying we need to make sure that we don't listen to the wrong thing because if we're focusing on hearing all the wrong things, then that will allow the devil to steal from us because that doesn't bring us faith. It doesn't bring us faith. Our shield of faith will be down. All right, so Joshua 1.8 is the answer. God said to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. The word of God does not, must not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Meditate in God's word day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. All right. So we see that the effort and time we spend sowing into reading, sowing into meditating, sowing into listening to God's Word, is the proportion of faith that we will receive back. The time we invest is equal to the, time of the faith we receive back. And is therefore the amount of increase we receive in every area of our life from God. Because obviously, the more we spend time meditating the Word, the more faith we have, the more God is able to bless us, and increase comes. Because the more faith we receive, the more grace God is able to pour out in our lives, because remember that God's grace and favor will operate in our lives through faith. God's grace and favor will operate in our lives through faith. The Bible tells us that in Ephesians 2 verse 8, that everything comes by grace through faith. So the more we have faith, the more we can believe God for His grace and His favor. So during my trip to Janisburg at the end of 2005, I received a phone call from my good friend Kenneth Mishu. Kenneth Mishu is a member of parliament and a leader of the African National Democratic Party. He is the leader of that party. Now, he was straight to the point. He said, Pastor Theo, we've got to help me. You've got to help me. At first, I was taken back. Then I said, how can I help you, dear brother? And he said, our children are full of rebellion. They will not do anything anybody asks them to do. I said, whose children? And he said, the school children of all schools, children in churches, children of pastors, and even my very own children, our very own children. They are disobedient, uncontrollable, aggressive, and want to do whatever they want to do and don't care about the consequences. I believe that the Holy Spirit has led me to one of the reasons for this dilemma. 
And that's why I gave you those scriptures in the beginning. So you'll understand the problem we're going to talk about now. Here's the dilemma. It is what the children are hearing on television and what they are hearing on video games that they play all the time. Remember what Jesus said, what you hear, right? Listen to it very carefully. What they are not hearing from the Word of God is also very important. So a lot of children not hearing the Word of God don't even get to hear it at all. So they're only getting to hear all the things they shouldn't hear and nothing from what they should be hearing. Okay. The number of murders seen, murders seen on TV by the time the average child leaves primary school is 8,000. The number of violent acts on TV by the age of 18 is 200,000. The percentage of people who believe that TV violence helps to precipitate real-life mayhem is 79%. In other words, the general public believe that watching TV violence will promote it in our society. 79% of people believe that. Children spend more time watching television than any other activity except sleeping. That comes from Wright State University in Ohio, television and socialization of young children. Now, a study of 1,792 adolescent children aged 12 to 17 showed that watching sex on TV influences teens to have sex. Kids with high exposure to sex on TV were twice as likely to initiate sex than kids who had not been exposed to it. That study was published in September 2004, issue of Pediatrics. One case of sexually transmitted disease is diagnosed in every four sexually active teenagers. The average youth living in the United States watches television 25 hours a week. And I guess it's pretty much the same in South Africa. And plays video games an additional seven hours per week. That was National Institute of Media and the Family done in 1998. That study was done. 25 years ago. Now, in 2023, the average youth will spend nine hours a day on electronic devices, texting, playing games, and watching shows. That is 63 hours per week. That analysis was done by headphonesaddict.com, February 2023. Children younger than eight cannot uniformly discriminate between the real life and fantasy entertainment. They can't tell the difference. They quickly learn that violence is an acceptable solution 
to resolving even complex problems, particularly if the aggressor is the hero in the video game. The next item comes from the University of Michigan Health Systems, programs designed for children are five to six times more violent than adult TV. In primetime shows, there are three to five violent acts per hour. In Saturday morning kids shows, there are 20 to 25 acts of violence per hour. An organization called Kids Help for Parents published this statement. A 2005 study conducted by the Center on Alcohol and Marketing and Youth at Georgetown University found that the top 15 teenage programs in 2003 had alcohol ads in the shows. The American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry published this article, The Influence of Music and Music Videos. The following troublesome themes were found and promoted in these videos. Number one, advocating the glamorization abuse of drugs and alcohol. Number two, Pictures and explicit lyrics presenting suicide as an alternative solution. Number three, graphic violence. Number four, sex which focuses on sadism. Mosochism. This means someone who gets pleasure out of their own suffering. Incest. Children devaluing women and violence towards women. This article comes from Rand Hill, a nonprofit research organization, providing objective analysis and effective solutions that address the challenges facing the public in private sections around the world. They published an article from Iowa State University. Padua, Kentucky, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Littleton, Colorado. These three towns recently experienced similar multiple school shootings. The shooters were st students who had literally played violent video games. Eric Harris and Dylan Claybold, the Columbine High School students, who murdered 13 people and wounded 23 in Littleton, before killing themselves, enjoyed playing the violent video game Doom. Harris created a customized version of Doom with two shooters, extra weapons, unlimited ammunition, and victims who could not fight back. Features that are eerily similar as aspects of the actual shooting. They are eerily similar. He created this in his video game. 
Video game statistics. Numerous, educational, non-violent strategy and sports games exist, but the most heavily marketed and consumed games are violent ones. Video game violence and public policy, David Walsh, PhD, National Institute of Media and the Family found that in 1998, 59% of 4th grade girls and 73% of boys report that the majority of their favorite game, games are violent games. According to Time magazine, in 2014, 66% of girls and 90% of fourth grade boys played violent video games. Six facts about the effects of video games. Number one, children are more likely to imitate the actions of a character with whom they identify in a video game. In violent video games, the player is often required to take the point of view of the shooter or the perpetrator. Number two, video games by their very nature require active participation rather than passive observation. Number three, exposure to violent games increases psychological arousal. Number four, exposure to violent games increases aggressive thoughts. Number five, exposure to violent games increases aggressive emotions. Number six, exposure to violent games increases aggressive actions. The Federal Trade Commission report in the aftermath of the Columbine High School shootings, President Clinton asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate the validity of the accusations. The report was released in September 2000. It reported that of the 118 electronic games with a mature rating of violence, the commission selected for its study, 70% targeted children under 17 in their target audience. Can you imagine what this is like today? Contemporary Pediatrics published this article, How Violent Video Games May Violate Children's Health. The second most popular form of entertainment after television is video games. They have rapidly become the largest segment of entertainment of the entertainment industry, taking up $8.8 billion in 1998, 25 years ago, compared to the $5.2 billion in Hollywood box office receipts at that time. Okay, so video games was 8.2 billion, Hollywood only 5.2 billion. Now, fast forward to 2019. So this is now 21 years later. Hollywood has gone from 5.2 billion to 11.3 billion. 
more than doubled. Calling a new vision theatres. Now, in the same year, 2021, actually in 2021, the video game market generated, hold on to your seat, from 5.2 billion in 98, now it is in 21, 178 billion dollars. You can get that from Bank Marcel video game industry blog. Video games which now can be played at home on a computer or a television account for 30% of all the total entertainment industry market in America. Today, that percentage is 45%. You can see that on newzoom.com. The many faces of video violence, let's talk about that. Violence in video games can be characterized as fantasy violence or human violence. Each of these categories can be further divided into games where the player controls their character who performs the violence. The player actually looks along the barrel of the gun on the screen and feels as though he were pulling the trigger and killing someone. Currently, there are 25 violent games made by various gaming companies that are all similar to Doom, but we'll focus on Doom. Doom, rated M, is best known because Eric Harris and Dylan Claybald, the Columbine killers, were avid players of Doom. So the manufacturer introduces Doom this way. A single demon entity escaped detection. Systematically, it altered decaying dead carnage back into grotesque living tissue. So, demons enter dead, dead bodies and bring them back to life. The demons have returned, stronger and more vicious than ever before is their marketing strategy. Your message is clear. There are no options, kill or be killed. Doom allows players to use more powerful and more gory weapons as the level of play progresses so players can trade a shotgun in for automatic weapons and even chainsaws. Columbine killers Harrison Clayball customized Doom to graphically portray their neighborhood and school, allowing them to, pra to practice the shooting they would later enact in real life. The Columbine killers are chilling, chilling examples of the principle. They were Doom fanatics and reconfigured a version of Doom to be in their God mode, the format in which the player becomes indestructible. So they feel like they're God. They pair graphically, reenacted the behavior they learned from the video games. They said the planned shooting was going to be effing doom 
that effing shotgun is straight out of doom. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman, a psychologist and professor at Arkansas State University, who specialized as a killologist for the United States military. After more than 25 years of researching the psychology of killing for the army, Grossman says that the willingness to kill another person does not come naturally, but is a learned behavior. It requires desensitization through repeated exposure to violent and classical conditioning by associating aggressive acts with a pleasant experience. Willingness to kill also relies on stimulus response. Shooting a gun becomes automatic with the right person in view. According to Grossman, the United States Army and Marines use the same techniques that violent video games depend on to train recruits to kill. The army also turns to an actual game, Doom, to train soldiers to kill. People who have never fired a gun but have practiced shooting in video games are excellent marksmen when they fire a gun for the first time. A lawsuit filed against Mitchell Carneal, the 14-year-old Kentucky boy who killed three students, alleges that Carneal clipped off nine shots in about 20 seconds. Eight of those shots were hits. Three were head and neck wounds and were killers. That is way beyond the military standard for expert marksmanship. This was a kid who had never fired a pistol in his life before because of his obsession with computer games. He turned himself into an expert marksman. According to Grossman, Michelle Michael Carneal fired eight shots at a bunch of milling, scrambling, screaming children. Even more astounding was the kill ratio. Each kid was hit once. Three killed. One was paralyzed for life. Eight shots, all hit, never missed. Now this is what this, this man says, the United States Army Marine trainer of soldiers. He says, never to my knowledge, in the annals of law enforcement, or military, or even criminal history, can we find an equivalent achievement. It turned out that while the kid had never fired a pistol before, he held the gun with two hands. He had a blank look on his face. He never moved his feet. 
He never fired too far to the right, too far to the left, or up or down. He simply fired a shot, one shot, at everything that had popped up on his screen. Wow. Virginia Tech Massacre from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, says the Virginia Tech Massacre was a school shooting comprising two separate attacks about two hours apart on April 16, 2007. On the Virginia Tech campus in Blacksburg, Virginia, Soon He Cho killed 32 people and wounded 25 before committing suicide, making it this, the, the deadliest shooting in modern history, U.S. history. Washington Post staff writer David Cho reports that several Korean youths who knew Soon He Cho from his high school days said he was a fan of violent video games. He particularly liked Counter-Strike, a hugely popular online game published by Microsoft, in which players join terrorism or counter-terrorism groups and try to shoot each other using all types of guns. Shannon McGee cast a demon out of her son. This is the testimony of an experience that our family went through, she says. It started when my son was approximately five or six years old, when he started hearing voices and he would draw pictures of monsters. We didn't think too much about the pictures because we thought my son was using his imagination in his drawings. The voices that he heard, however, were described as starting out nice, and then they would evolve to vicious and evil. As this would happen, my husband and I would pray for him and go through our house looking for God to show us what was open, opening the door for demons. And one time, my son was approximately nine years old, and we had prayed for God to show us what we need to get rid of in the house. Tony came out of his room and he had torn down his Pokemon poster. I hadn't approved of Pokemon for some time, but neither my husband nor my son were on the same page with me on the subject. I didn't want to be radical or fanatical, so I didn't press the issue. Over a period of time, these voices progressed on and off. When God called our family to San Antonio and called me to Bible college, things worsened. My son started seeing demons in our home. He had described them to me. For anyone who heard Bill Reese describe the demons he saw in hell, some of those descriptions matched those that my son described except that my son described them long before I ever heard of Bull Weiss. I would get angry and frustrated with the devil because I was tired of him harassing my son. Throughout this time, Tony 
continue to play Pokemon video games, watch Pokemon on TV and in the movies, and trade Pokemon cards. One night while we were at home, Tony fell to the floor in the bathroom. I got upset with him because I thought he was just being dramatic. I looked at him, I took him to bed and lay him down on the bed. While I was trying to talk to him, I couldn't communicate. I saw something in his eyes that were not him. His eyes were blue, but that evening they were not. I heard noises coming from deep within him that were freaky. It sounded like growling and groaning from deep, from a deep pit, but it was coming from inside Tony. I had much doubt within me at first because I came from a doctrinal teaching that taught us that Christians cannot be possessed because that's what they were taught in their previous church until they came to us. My husband and I stepped out of the room to talk about it, and we finally agreed that what we were seeing was demonic. No matter what we were taught in the past, it had to be not true because we saw our own son possessed or oppressed or whatever you want to call it, it was still a demon in my son. We went back into the room, and I read Psalm 91. And the demon got restless, and my son started tearing his skin on his face with his nails. I had to hold him down and keep him from hurting himself. I tried to call my pastor from Bible college, but I was unable to get a hold of him. Then I remembered the scripture where Jesus sent out the twelve disciples and told them to cast out demons using his name. I remembered that he gave all of his followers the same authority. So we started praying and we got angry with the devil. We commanded to leave my son in the name of Jesus. We, asked, we used scripture in that prayer and it left. I could see a supernatural release in Tony. Tony started crying because he knew what had happened to him. The next day, he drew a picture of the demon that came out of him. It was a very scary and unearthly looking creature. I had never seen anything like that before. During this time, we prayed again and asked God to show us what was opening the door for these attacks in our son, Tony. All the while, I continued to feel as though the Pokemon and dragons played a part in this. But again, I stood alone in this feeling. My husband and my son did not feel the same way. A while later, within a month, the same kind of attack happened to Tony. But this time, it was worse. He became more violent to himself, and he was harder to hold down. I got angrier than I did the first time, and my husband and I again read the word of God out aloud, and I then commanded the devil to leave and not come back. When he was released, Tony was mad at the devil. He went into the kitchen, got a trash bag, 
and started going through his room and removed all things that were dragons. I'd done some research on Pokemon and found that it was linked to, linked to demonology and that the names of the demons was Pokemon. There was the actual name of the demons. I finally put my foot down and told both of my men that I was getting rid of Pokemon whether they liked it or not. I don't care if it makes me a fanatic. After experiencing the demons in my son, I was not risking that. We got rid of everything that pertained to Pokemon, all video games, posters, movies, T-shirts, bath towels, everything. My son did some research afterwards, and he also found the same information that I'd found. I didn't even tell him where I found the information. He got it all himself. Now, since then, Tony has not been attacked, but instead, God has used Tony to help deliver other kids who play Pokemon and Dragons. God has also opened Tony's eyes to see demons on other people so he can pray for them. The important thing is that Tony now understands he must be very careful with what video games he plays and what he watches because of his experience. Now, that was what she said. I'm going to say this. Remember what we read at the beginning, what Jesus said. He said, take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear. So all of this is because of what he was listening to, this kid. She carries on to say, I've heard that a frog thrown into a pit of boiling water will jump out. But if you put a frog into cold water and slowly turn up the heat, it will boil to death. I found that is how the devil worked in my son. It appeared harmless at first. But the heat was turned up slowly over a period of time, over a period of years, until finally the devil entered into my son. I'm thankful for God's Holy Spirit, but I wish I had listened to him years earlier. I'm also thankful to God that he takes average people like me and anoints them to cast demons out. And of course, He'll use average people like all of us to cast demons out. Now, if you need to be free, if you sense there's any demonic activity in your life in any way, come to the front right now, quick as you can, all of you. Stand right here up against the platform, plenty of room around the sides. Come on right now. I'm going to pray, and you will be set free, quick as you can. Come on up. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Now, everybody in the front, please close your eyes and say this. Dear Father in heaven, please show me if I've opened any doors to the devil what did I do? And I'll close the door. 
I will repent. Now just listen. Keep your eyes closed and listen to God in your heart. If something comes to mind, immediately repent. Apologize. Say, I will not be doing that anymore. If it's Pokemon or any other violent games, repent. I won't play that anymore. You don't want demons in your life anymore. If you're watching horror movies, repent right now. I won't do that anymore. Whatever it is you're doing that God showed you, if you need to forgive somebody, mention the person's name and say, I forgive Fred Bloggs, I forgive Mary Lou, whatever. Do it right now. Praise God. All right. Now, the pastors are all here, as you can see, and the leaders. And the music's playing softly. I'm going to pray. I'd like you to say this little prayer with me first. Then I'll pray on my own at the end. Are you ready? Say this little prayer. Say, Father God, I thank you for the authority I have when I use the name of Jesus. All you foul demons that have been harassing me, I command you to leave me. Go from this building right now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Now, keep your eyes closed. I'm going to pray. Satan and demons, you heard that. You heard what they said. You have no more authority to harass them. They have repented. So I command you, you leave these people now, come out of them, go from this building. You will not harass anybody here in the name of Jesus. You go through dry places seeking rest and finding none. There you go. There you go. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for setting your people free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, just keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. Everybody, close your head. Close your eyes, bow your head. Everybody. If you want to be sure you go to heaven one day, remember, Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, that you cannot even see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. He was talking about the life of God, the Spirit of God entering into your heart. And that life comes into you, God's life, and you are born into God's family. You become God's child. No one can go to heaven unless they become God's child. And that only happens by giving our life away to God. Where we say from the heart, not my will be done, but God's will be done from this day forward. So if you're prepared to say, not my will be done, God's will be done. I'm giving my life to Jesus. His will be done in my life from this day. If you're prepared to say that, and you want God to save you, 
You want to be sure you go to heaven. You don't want to go to hell with the devil and his demons. Then when I count to three, slip your hand up. That'll be a sign to God that you ask him to fill you with his spirit and for you to receive your salvation and for you to receive a knowledge that you are going to heaven, the assurance that you are going to heaven. If that's what you want right now. When I count three, slip that hand up everywhere in the building. And then I'm going to pray for you. This is an indication you're asking God for salvation. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you for slipping all those hands up everywhere. Now, if somebody knows how to pray, is going to put their hand on your shoulder to let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray. Go ahead, leaders. I invite everybody who said this prayer, uh, everybody who raised their hand to say this prayer with me, and everybody who never raised their hands, all together, let's say the prayer. Anyhow, everybody in the building, say the prayer, especially those who raised their hands. There we go. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to the cross. You punished him for my sins. So I can be forgiven. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. Save my life. I surrender my heart to you. I will live for you with all of my life, all of my heart, forever. I want to serve you be your child. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into God's family right now. Praise God I'm saved. I'm God's child. I'm on my way to heaven. Jesus is Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Now you may open your eyes and look at me. In a moment, I invite you to go with the person who prayed for you to the place of prayer, and you'll meet a pastor there who will minister to you for a brief moment. Very important, very important that you go. It's pointless doing what you did now and not following through. You can't put your hand to the plow and look back. Jesus said the person who does that is not worthy of the kingdom. So take step number two now and go with that person and we're going to give you a big hand clap as you go. But before you do that, the rest of you up here, you can either go back to your seat or you can stay with the pastors that are here and, be, and the leaders and be ministered to if you choose to do so. All right? You want further prayer for other things. All right. So I'm going to count to three and you go right now and give them a big hand clap as they leave to go to the place of prayer, the ones that raise their hands. Are you ready? One, two, three. Give him a great big praise, God, as they go right now. All those accepted Jesus as Savior today. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. 
If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 